0: okay so what what should the theme be about um we can talk about anything that you want to talk about
1: okay so everything that i was going to be asking about was basically just with the things that you've started and kind of your inspiration behind each of them and how you started getting into businesses in general do you know what i mean yes is there a different theme that you'd like to hit no i'm just trying to think of how i want to start that and then we can branch off and go literally anywhere with it. Okay, I mean, we've yeah, talked, I imagine we'll just have... Last week long we talked about truck stop for prostitutes like, for a little bit. How uh, long are your podcasts? Uh, about an hour. Okay. Yeah. And so we'll just kind of have a conversation. So we'll just have a conversation. So, I mean, yeah. you, you could, at the, you, out of nowhere, you can be like, so what do you think about, like, lobster? Do you like lobster? Like, it doesn't matter. You can talk about anything that you want.
0: All right. Do you prefer we look at this camera or, like, um, whatever? It doesn't matter. It's pretty
1: yeah. Just treat it as we're having a conversation, and occasionally I'll look All at the I camera, know. and Casey likes to jump in, or we'll, we'll drag Casey in on some stuff to see his opinion on it okay. occasionally, too. So can just kind of have fun with it, basically. So you ready to do this thing, Nate? Let's do it. You ready to do this podcast
0: thing? Have you been on a podcast before? Um I have once. I actually so I started all these different Instagram accounts when I was in my undergrad. Okay. And I grew them to over like so there were twenty three accounts yeah. with a collective follower. And side
1: like, note when you're speaking, imagine that like try to be sorry, a little bit me, closer sorry. to the, to the, the mic back to the microphone. Yeah.
0: Just to keep consistency with it. Okay. Okay, go on. So while I was in my undergrad, I started all these different Instagrams, and like I had a collective following of over like a million followers on all these. Wow. It was just about general interest I had, like dogs, hair, <laughs> male models. How did you grow them as big as you did? So I would be constantly... like. DMing these high schoolers with bigger accounts than mine, like most of them were super young kids that had these humongous accounts. I don't know
1: how these kids do it, but I look at like every sixteen-year-old has
0: like three thousand followers on Instagram, and I'm like, like,
1: what? What am I doing? I'm like, your your
0: content sucks too. You're not even posting anything cool. I don't get it. Well, there's like tons of methods that people use to like get fake Instagram followers or likes. Yeah. um, But like, I tried to hit accounts that had super high like interaction to post per follower, like, the ratio. Yeah. And so, like, super high comments and just a really interactive group. And, you know, pages I liked in general. And so we would, like, trade. Like, you know, would be, like, shout out for shout out. And I did that so much. I'd have to constantly log in to, like, just dozens of different accounts and log <laughs> oh, out and log yeah. in. And so yeah. um, what I did is I started, like, selling, like, 24-hour advertisements on, like, I had, my dog page had, like, 400,000 followers. Oh, my. Like, do you still use that as <laughs> a So I contract, because it's so much work. I mean, you have yeah. to think, like, you're posting tons of content. You're yeah. trying to, like, interact with your community that you're dealing with. Yeah. And so it's so much easier to, like, just outsource it. But now we kind of oh, have sure. those venues. Yeah. Um, it's actually a company in Pennsylvania that, like, facilitates all of the, the content and stuff. Okay. And so... Um through that, I was able to generate, like, you know, $1,500 a month. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Just That's a nice the... little rent check up from yeah, it, on Instagram. Yeah, but it's just, like, a ton of work. And how old were
1: you? <laughs> you were you, like, 21 or 20
0: years old? Probably about 21. Okay. Yeah, and then I, after I got my biochemistry degree, I went right into med <laughs> school, which took up a ton of time. Yeah. It was, that was probably... Like the hardest thing I've ever done, and I, I finished my first two years and kind of just got this different perspective of medicine okay. um, that I originally had intended it being. And so I think during medical school, I was like looking for every opportunity to get out of medical to get out. school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you're, yeah. you're not in medical school, medical school currently. Nope. correct.: So I finished my second year and then I, I left.
1: Okay. Do you plan on ever going back to medical school? No. Yeah. I mean, you probably don't need to at this point
0: with everything, all the other yeah. Like we were like probably eighty hours a week to yeah. To like keep this company going, and I don't know. Being in a startup is just incredible because you are constantly like wearing different hats, and I don't yeah. think like you know it is really hard to start a business, but it's not even about knowing everything. It's more or less about Being able to be resourceful. I mean, there's so much, like, thank God for YouTube. I mean, I coded a whole, tons of websites off of just, like, things I've learned off of YouTube. (laughs) That's so awesome. um, You imagine, like, Photoshop, InDesign, After Effects, Adobe Premiere, Final Cut. Like, all those programs have so much power to them. And they're so intimidating at the beginning. Definitely. You know, watch a simple, like, yeah, you four-minute video, video on YouTube, and you can literally do anything.
1: Yeah, no, YouTube is incredible for that. I mean, you can learn how to change your oil on YouTube. You can learn how to do anything
0: that you want. It's uh, oh my gosh, yeah. And so, just experimenting with all these different medias and then kind of collectively knowing what each one is capable of, you can kind of start to construct in your mind these higher-order plans that, like, you're like, okay, I would do that in Photoshop. I do that in, you know, WordPress, and then we'll do the e-commerce through Shopify, and and you know just kind of collectively putting them together and then i think as you grow you get better at delegating those things to to people who cuz you can't possibly no. do it all i think right one of the biggest parts that i like realize though is even still today i think for any entrepreneur is you are always the first one in the trench mm-hmm. you know like right when whether it's starting to dig or or like the last bit of shoveling yeah um, and so you kind of have to get all these people to be convicted to your cause too, which is, it's a kind of a challenge in itself. Right. Because if you don't believe in what you're doing, I think it really makes for like an important culture aspect of a company. Oh yeah. I mean, if you don't believe in what
1: you're doing, then I don't know how you can expect to bring people on and try to convince them to believe in it. So backing up a little bit, you said that, so you grew those Instagram accounts. That was kind of what you were doing while you were doing undergrad, essentially. But... You did something with uh, like a patent or like some kind of medical device or like
0: temperature or something. The money, okay, so I have a biochemistry background. Right. And essentially just using some simple chemical properties of water and food coloring, we were able to construct this device that tells if the receiving end of a temperature-sensitive shipment. So like say you're ordering something, whether it be from Whole Foods on Amazon um, with that recent acquisition or uh, maybe like an important like vaccine that there was a yeah. huge case of at St. Luke's where um i think like 10,000 kids were had the vaccination but it wasn't effective because it wasn't stored properly Ooh. and so like being able to really quickly identify that through like a binary interpretation um was really important and so yeah. With the money I made from Instagram, I filed my first patent, which is kind of expensive it's in the range of about seven to nine thousand dollars yeah. and so um, I hired a patent attorney I think the the road of patent law is is very gray right. and it's hard to navigate by yourself and yeah. it's hard because you want to have all your bases covered but um, it, it was just easier for me to to consult with legal health. Oh, at for that sure. Part. So you you developed a,
1: this device then essentially yeah. that would be used to track it. And then if if like so if like I ordered a steak from Whole Foods or Amazon.com, then the steak got too warm, then it would set off this.
0: Yeah. So just like uh, it's called Starship. Okay. And so it's what we did is if you think about it, when you it's a sequentially melting device, and so we can. Re, uh, gauge temperatures anywhere from zero to negative 50 degrees Celsius. Got it. And so it's like a stoplight: red, yellow, and green. And what we did is, each one, as it goes above a threshold, melts into a different orientation. Okay. And so how that works is, if you think of when they put salt on the road, um, it actually melts the the ice. Well, it right. actually doesn't melt it. It's a concept in chemistry called the freezing point depression. So we're adding a solute, disrupting those water molecules from actually being put together at a certain temperature. And you can actually, like through a graph, calculate the concentration of a salt and then depress the freezing point to a range where you're trying to to monitor or, or measure. Okay. And so say we had one at, the red one would melt at zero, the yellow one would melt at negative three, and then the or the yellow one, the red one, or the green one would melt at, you know, maybe, like, negative 10. So that's, like, your beginning threshold. Like, you're, okay. So it did go between negative 5 and negative 10 degrees, but it didn't go above zero. Right. And so, like, because it it only involves um, water, food coloring, and kind of a, like, design of plastic that (laughs) orients it, it was a pretty cheap and effective way to, to, like, solve a problem. And so... That kind of, I won the UMD Shark Tank my first year of medical school. Nice. And I was so kind of like intimidated by all of these entrepreneurship majors. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they're coming in here thinking that they were, like, they have this in the. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think they got it in the bag. But it was kind of fun to cause some upset um, and especially not knowing or having any background. And I've always been super interested, even in my undergrad I knew after medical school I would want to go back and get, like, my MBA so I could eventually transition into, like, maybe a more administrative position, understanding both physician and administration side, being that kind of, like, connection.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what did you do to, uh, I guess, did you, but you ended up, like, monetizing that, that device, so So how did you go
0: about doing that? We are actually, so we're getting certified, Six Sigma certified, and so we have to Clear all these FDA regulations before um, we're able to actually claim a like health. Oh yeah, right. So it's like a long and legal process of of like trials and errors, and so kind of what my view as an entrepreneur is is you can't really ever rely on one thing, um, especially in the beginning, and so I mean literally it's like throwing darts at a wall. Oh yeah, you know, and trying to find one thing that sticks. A really good analogy I use is you know we're planting a bunch of seeds and typically if you plant enough seeds you'll get lucky and you'll get you'll get at actually. least one beautiful <laughs> yeah exactly really beautiful flower yeah
1: no that's what I mean i think people look at it the wrong way they think this is the, like they'll start one business and they think i need to keep pushing and pushing and pushing in this business until it explodes and this is the thing that makes me a millionaire When really you should have 7 businesses and maybe yeah.
0: four of them and fail especially and- cuz there's a lot of time like constraints on a lot of them so like you know, well, that's in that process of development. Yeah, we we started like four other companies, and so like, um, it's just been a really incredible experience and in kind of crossing boundaries between, uh, you know, medicine into technology, and right. then now we're starting to actually kind of put them both together as we're developing and getting consulted on for like a variety of like different medical apps, which yeah. is really cool. Because, you know, what I found out, I. After, okay, sorry. We haven't talked about Platonic yet. There. Yeah, we'll get there. Okay, for sure. Uh, after I developed my first app, I kind of realized that um, I have this full-scale, stacked development team in place for both Android and iOS. Yeah. And so. And what was the first app? Is that? It was Platonic. That's Platonic. Okay. Yeah. And so what Platonic is is essentially um, like our our vision for Platonic is to be the front-line application for how people meet um, how people trust the online meetup community um, how people demonstrate and experience culture because a lot of times if you think about it it is like people would never cross paths if um if you didn't have a reason oh yeah exactly there's so many people even in my own neighborhood that i share like mutual passions for and it would just be, like, so incredible to have, like, met them oh, through right. that. instead so, rather than leaving it up to chance.
1: Right. But I think a good example of that, like, where I could have used platonic in a big way is a couple of years ago, I went to Washington, D.C. And uh, I knew nothing about, like, the, the nightlife or where to go to have a good time in Washington, D.C. Right. D. So what I did was uh, I used my Tinder account. And then I said, like, in the bio, I said, like, in Washington, D.C., I want to know where... Like the college kids go at this time, and so I just like swiped right on every single person, and every girl that I matched with, I would like, "Hey, where do yeah, I yeah, go?" Yeah, just kind of quiz this, them. That. And I mean, like I'm not like trying to hit. Well, I'm kind of trying to hit on you, but mainly, I'm <laughs> trying to, but mainly I'm just trying to find out like which bars I'm supposed to go to, and it was really effective. But I mean, you could do that in any sense, really. Like if you right. go to Oregon to go mountain biking or something, and say, "Hey, which cool bars are? Where were yeah, the cool and so breweries? Cool trails?"
0: Kind of for me. I mean, I if you look at like graphs of online dating usage. Um, the gay and lesbian community kind of, like, skyrocketed because it was, like, a really effective way to find, like, people of your similar type. Right. And so Grindr uh, Grindr is the kind of the gay version of it's very, it's, like, designed to be very masculine, very edgy. Um, It's, like, your very organic hookup app. Yeah. And so, like, while I was traveling in Europe, um, because it's kind of, like, a world-known app, uh, I was able to, like, quickly connect with local people, you know, on my profile too. I'd be like, right. you know, just, we're just new to the area. I have 14 girls with me, you know, mm-hmm. other Americans. And people were so excited to, like, come and meet, the, like, us and show oh, us really? around. Yeah, and, that's awesome. And I think really to, like, practice their English. And so, but I had to go, you know, that's not, like, the community that that really fosters those kind of connections. Yeah. And so, um we feel like it's just a product of our time, like a really trusted, uh, culture-based, experience-driven uh, platform in which people can kind of find for, for their mutual passions for and, yeah. you know, Especially when you bring people like that together, it really can create something that's, that was bigger than, than ever before. Oh, for sure. Yeah,
1: I mean, it seems like all of the technology coming out has something to do with connecting people right now. So, I mean, it makes
0: sense that that you can do it that way and so kind of what branch from that is because platonic is for um right now our our target demographic is like our for our business strategy is uh college freshmen mm-hmm. and so they're the very vulnerable situation you know going to a new place yep. lots of changes um relationships are pretty surface level at this time right and so they're looking for resources that that are able to connect them with like on-campus communities um, in like a really fast way and so the only way to do that right now is dating apps which yeah um, there was a survey done of over 6,000 online daters and 43% said they were just looking to find friends yeah and so like it's a it's a big problem and um especially with like the mental health epidemics coming up i I feel like if you can find somebody just to talk to to be able to kind of alleviate that um whether it be depression anxiety that can help more than than any prescription medication yeah you can oh for sure so do you do you mean do you have so you have the platonic and then m c cubed is that the, the the parent yeah so kind of the the structure is m c cubed is kind of like an incubator accelerator and so although we have uh, a bunch of our own internal projects we also Mm -hmm. take a lot of projects from the community and like community members yeah Um, whether you know it's really hard I remember when I had my first idea it's like where the heck do you start right and um, because we've been through the process now so many times um, we're able to not only like help you and guide you but also like think about in an analytical way based off of our experience Mm -hmm. of what may be the best route for you.
1: Okay. So you're kind of like advisors, like business advisors in a sense, but a little bit more, maybe a little bit more creative in a more exciting way. Yeah,
0: much more on the creative strategy side. Okay. Um, We really like do a wide variety of things. We've consulted for people with like animations, um, Anything graphic design we're fully capable of, patent law, 3D printing, prototyping, um, testing. um, And so typically, you know, all those things are very expensive. And kind of what we've done is keep putting the money back into MC cubed. Yeah. And people can come to us with an idea. And maybe, you know, it's super expensive to get these things started and, and establish a business. And so, We'll typically work out some sort of arrangement where we can take a stake in equity in the company if it fits like our mission and goals. Yeah. Um, and so we've been kind of just like dabbling in all these different companies and taking little pieces while, okay. while building our own. Yeah. Like, within. Right. That's really good. Cool. So do you, is there is there one of these uh, one of these
1: companies that you're creating that you feel most passionate about, or is it kind of like they're all your children
0: and you like? I think them? they're all my children, but I definitely go through. I think. I'm like a total uh, ADHD. Like I just have lots of different angles and attention uh, to different things. And so it's really nice to be able to work on like four different projects a day Yeah. versus like I'm working on this one yeah. the whole time. I'm super excited about um, this fashion line we have coming out, uh, which is just going to be, I love. That's
1: right. We haven't talked about that yet either.
0: I love fashion. Um, I love like dressing up and, and wearing suits and, um, I think it'd be a really fun like hobby, work life if uh, we were to go in that direction. Yeah. But essentially, the brand is called Rainbow Rain, and our mission is to celebrate diversity. Okay. And that's the shirt that you're wearing right now. Is kind yeah, of so a, we have a kind of a beta. A beta here. Um, kind of how it works is, at a rainbow is embroidered across from sleeve to sleeve across the chest, and when you're standing, it looks like you're you're wearing a rainbow. And the coolest part about it is if you see someone else with a rainbow rain t-shirt on, and if you link arms, you actually make a bigger rainbow. Oh,
1: I see. Nice. And so you're bringing people yeah.
0: together. And what's really awesome is we have all of these different types of, of rainbows that go on the shirts, whether it be um, for breast cancer, AIDS awareness. Um, we have a, a puzzle one for autism awareness. And so kind of unifying this message across... A, a universal symbol of of kind of unity, right? Um, yeah. yeah, It's it's really a powerful brand that we're building, like that the base of the brand, and then we can reach out to a lot of different demographics.
1: Right, and you're kind of in the
0: early stages of that right now, and you're telling me a little
1: bit about some of the things that you were doing to kind of get uh, that line like ready so that you can launch it and I think a lot of people are actually interested in hearing like what goes into
0: starting a clothing line. Yeah and so it kind of goes back to the you don't have to know everything kind of thing. Um, What we do is we're super resourceful so we use um, like GoDaddy to host our website. We use WordPress to to build our website. We use all of these different plugins um, and essentially it's kind of a a big puzzle because you're putting in tons of different pieces in places where you think they fit, and it's constantly changing. And so, I guess a big part of it is the biggest part is believing in it, um, and the second part is right. like you know acting and executing your actions. So we we wrote a business plan. They have great bis- business plan resources down at the the Small Business Development Center um, in the Tech Village uh, of oh, Pizza Okay. Above okay. Uh, it's free business consulting if you have any questions um, that's cool i didn't know they had that yeah it's like a, a government run or funded through grants yeah. uh, entity of of the university of minnesota okay and so um they're a super awesome resource but really like i think people have this notion where they're like oh i have a good idea um I need to keep it to myself because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. they don't want people to steal it. And right. it's really, really quite the opposite. Yeah. Like I, you have to spread your idea and your message and get a ton of feedback. And like, I mean, people are going to copy this if it's successful. Of course, yeah. I can't, I can't do that. Right. Uh, I can't like prevent any of those things from happening, but I can make like a quality of t-shirt, a brand that it's built upon and mm-hmm. like a really important message that it sends. Yeah. And so that's where, like, our hearts are, and so we're we're not worrying about any of that stuff. If you can figure out how to do it, let me know. Um, <laughs> right. So right now we're we're seeking a. We're gonna do this big Kickstarter. So we had a successful Kickstarter with Platt. Yeah. Um, which we learned a ton from and. Yeah, um, I donated on it. I saw it on Kickstarter. Heck yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so with the Kickstarter, I think the problem in why it was more difficult with Platonic, I I messaged so many people to get that going. And like, it's essentially 30 days of pure marketing. Yeah, You're just like getting the word out, spreading the message, talking about it. I remember even going to um, a networking event for the, it was Perfuse. Yeah. and I brought my big camera, and I took a bunch of pictures of people and handed out cards that said, "If you want your picture, let me go to this website and donate to our Kickstarter and oh, I'll nice. send it to you yeah, I'm like I don't care if you donate a dollar, yeah I, like I just need backers and like people to support this cause, and so like just a really interesting variety. That's a really good idea. <laughs> Just like a variety yeah. of, way of methods. Yeah. And the issue is with that is that I and the reason why I think Rainbow Rain will be a much more successful one because we're trying to raise, um, we raised only five thousand dollars for that one and we're trying to raise sixty-five thousand dollars for this project. For Plutonic,
1: you raised five thousand.
0: Yeah, well, okay. sixty-four hundred. I think it ended up coming out to. Yeah. And. And you're trying to do 65000 for Rainbow Rain. Right. Wow. But the reason why we think this one is going to be so much more successful is that we're actually exchanging a product. And yeah. so, like, y- you would pay retail price for this, yeah. which would get us to that cap of where we need to go to further develop that. Right. And so, where with Platonic, it was, uh, you got, like, a free membership or something. And so, we're, we weren't selling, like, an actual product. Yeah. And really what... The intention was for the Kickstarter for Platonic it was just like a big yes like first vote of confidence yeah you know it's just like all right you know we got like this we hit this goal we hit a big milestone yeah um which is really incredible because when you hit your Kickstarter there's tons of people that are just watching like who who has successful Kickstarters because oh yeah
1: I go on Kickstarter all the time obviously
0: those are um like potentially successful products in the future right yeah and so you get like hundreds of emails from like all these different people trying to like kind of bite into what you're doing, which was awesome because it like expanded our network so much. We ended up hiring an LA-based PR firm, and they flew out and got us like a ton of press, a meeting with the governor, um, and a meeting with like the Minnesota governor. Yeah. Wow. Is that
1: something that happened in the past, or that's that's going to be happening?
0: No, it happened in the past. Oh, it did. And so we got to explain what we're doing and kind of how I think being an entrepreneur, it's really important for you to be involved in policy because those are the people that dictate whether or not your business will ultimately be successful. Yeah, hence lobbyists. Very, very, yes, (laughs) hence (laughs) lobbyists. And just being aware and making them aware of what you're doing and, you know, like, hey, you know, if you impose this tax on us, you're going to destroy the tech community in this area. And so just like FYI. Yeah, yeah kind of giving them a heads up. Um, But the opportunities that came from that, we also got just a ton of press that, you know, so successful Kickstarter, uh, LA-based firm we hired, and then through that, we got it, like, it just went up and up and up, and so we kept getting, like, the message out. Uh, Eventually, we were actually still partnered with a different group in LA um, who's mentoring us through our... Uh, kind of strategy through uh, this the first time. Okay. And so we actually just applied to Yellow LA, which is a subsidiary area of Snapchat, um, and they take they give you one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for six percent equity, and uh, that's like wow. a super intense accelerator. You get. That's access. insane. Yeah. That's a good deal. It's a good deal. Um, they always say if you're offered money as an entrepreneur, absolutely take it. Yeah. You got to take it because. That opportunity may never come again and right. you can't underestimate the help of, of a potential partner. Um, you really need them by your side yeah. and I think a lot of it is it's about equally what you know but probably a little bit more about who you know, you can know right. everything in the world but if, if you can't spread the word, spread the idea, get the message across, convince people to get down in that trench with you, yeah, you know, then you might as well not even try. Is it tough to get on Kickstarter? No,
1: um, and... Like, what goes into that? I've always kind of wondered about that, too, because sometimes I see things on Kickstarter, and I think to myself, this is absolute trash. I don't know how these guys are here.
0: Yeah, they have to approve everything, but if you, like, kind of meet their guidelines, which aren't super clear, because there's such a wide variety of, of, like, things that are on Kickstarter... Oh, yeah. uh, A lot of board games. I think the difference between Indiegogo and Kickstarter is that in Indiegogo... If you don't hit your goal you still get the money or oh really i didn't know that you don't get your money you won't get it on kickstarter oh, man. that would and, make me nervous
1: i think i'd set my goal a lot lower if i knew that
0: yeah so it kind of but it you know kicks you in the butt like yeah you're like all right we're doing this i can't opt out because i can't cancel the kickstarter um mm. once uh once you have your first backer who is me um nice you you can't cancel it and so it's forever in their archive if it fails and so it's just like super motivating to like so that's probably how they make money then yeah they keep five percent oh they do okay which isn't too bad
1: no um, relative I mean you got linked with that PR firm in LA and that's,
0: yeah, and that's yeah. so valuable makes you work really hard that week or the, that whole month I mean every single day we were sending out emails of like marketing material like this is what it's going to be like Think, you know, thanks yeah. for your support um, and overall it was a really great experience I, I learned how to do a lot of, of marketing um, so I I would recommend it but I wouldn't do it for a product that doesn't have a return to the customer. Right. Um, people like to to exchange money for things, and yeah. it's hard just to kind of blindly ask people. Uh, you'll just be a lot more successful if you have like a good product by your side and and are able to to like deliver a deliverable. Right. That
1: makes sense. Where do you uh, where do you want to take Platonic? Do you want to like go public and be like a Facebook and
0: yeah, it it would be nice to do an IPO. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Essentially, what we the strategy is in the first year, uh, we've been talking to all these wellness committees. Uh, fifteen different universities in the Midwest okay and so we've gotten 15 on board that are super excited um, especially with like you know they're saying and kind of checking the box like we're we're offering a resource and an opportunity for people to connect especially with this growing like younger age it's yeah. it's kind of like I think our the older demographic you know meeting online was really kind of sketchy and new and people yep. were very hesitant where I feel like you know even for my everyday life i meet everyone online before i meet them in person right like it's actually kind of rare that i like would cross path yeah, yeah. just bump into somebody yeah. and yeah. Friends it, them. It, right and so providing like a, an area where it's safe to do so and safety is our number one concern we we have like a bunch of safety um through two-step verification we have verification of photos um and all these different kind of avenues for people to, to feel safe as long yeah. as, like, developing automated intelligence to kind of filter out uh, people who who aren't, you know, through keywords of what they're sending, like, spreading the the culture and community message that we're going for.
1: Yeah, so you're able to just kind of essentially block that person out yeah. if they're being creepy or, I don't know, doing weird things, I suppose.
0: Yeah, so um, starting with that that first... Uh, age group for uh, uh, the college freshman um, by year five we will have a hundred percent of alumni know what it is, a hundred percent of a university know what it is, and a hundred percent of the incoming freshmen. Because we're also offering like an integrated system for colleges to partner up with an upperclassman right away, like yeah. who they can turn to for like whether it be you know asking questions about campus, yeah, uh, maybe they just need some help because. Although there's a lot of methods for that, um, whether it be like you know welcome week or it, it may be hard to get your message across right away and so yeah, um, they're really looking at it as like a positive thing where students can be more engaged on campus activities, they can actually quantify uh, the amount of like where students are what they're interested in, so they can um, oh yeah find out like what they should invest more resources in. Um, and really kind of keeping like a, a track on on what what's going on around their campus in terms of, of community and activity and culture because I don't know if you the biggest thing I've learned about, you know, starting my own business is the culture you set for your employees. Right. And and so um, that can make or make or break a lot of work, I think,
1: environments. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I think you can you can see when uh, Maybe a culture is starting to go downhill within a company, and I don't know, it seems like pretty quickly thereafter they they might suffer. But kind of referring, again, back to the MC cubed thing. So people will approach you. They'll say, hey, I have this business idea, or I have this existing business. I'm wondering if we can leverage you guys into... Expanding it—that's exactly. that's correct. Okay, and then I'm sure that you charge or you charge you charge them a fee or
0: you charge them uh, equity. It's like a typically. like kind of a big negotiation. Okay, you know, based off of what we we feel our time and commitment would be. Um, it's really incredible just the different situations you get in with that kind of business yeah. model. So it's pretty much, it's, it's all negotiable yes. basically.
1: How often do you get, uh, someone who comes along wanting your help and you say, dude, your idea is dumb and we do not even want to help you because it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't
0: say to their face. Right. Um, I, I usually try to, and I, I've learned this a lot with my employees, especially, you know, employing mostly like undergrad students at the university. Um, is typically when people come they're very stuck in like one mind process and so being able to like ask them analytically like from different point of views yeah and get them and really try to like dig out this deeper understanding of where they're coming from because yeah you know regardless if you meet somebody with like a different you know, opinion than you, or that's truly convicted to a certain cause. Yeah. If you learn a little bit more about them, you can kind of find out the train of thought that got them there. Yeah, and so I kind heard. of identifying okay. that and being able to to understand, like, all right, so what? I mean, obviously, this is if you're very concerned about this problem in the market or yeah. or whatever, and so kind of dissecting that a little more and organizing it, um, usually we can find something. Like where, that would work. That within, would, yeah, that would. That's like related like a to the business plan they had. Yes. Okay. And so, so if you
1: have a greater understanding, it's it's easier for you to be like, yeah, well, let's not take it what, that. What you're bro. doing kind of sucks, <laughs> but but here's how here's how it can be improved. Yeah, All very
0: right. nicely we, we yeah. Try to say well, that. I mean, I
1: it's it's similar to you know like Shark Tank and, and shows like that. Yeah. But so I mean, and those guys are constantly saying like most of them they say yeah your business plan sucks this will never work. So I just I, f- I feel like there would be a lot of
0: times that well, that just would like, maybe be the case. The the guy who invented ring, the doorbell.
1: Yeah. Was know, he did, on Shark Tank?
0: He was on Shark Tank okay. and he didn't make a deal. And so he Those recently sold his company to Jeff Bezos for a billion dollars. Oh man. Um and like the man didn't invent the camera. Yeah. He didn't invent the doorbell. Right. He just simply put the two together. And so, yeah. like a really common problem for people. And so, you don't have to start, you know, by reinventing the wheel. Like, think yeah. of creative solutions that you know, you may not even understand it. It's a universal problem, and have found a solution to it that works like very well. That that the market isn't currently tending to. Um, it takes a l- little bit of creativity. I always say, like, being an entrepreneur is half the discipline of the sciences and half the chaos of the arts. It, yeah. It's just like combining creativity with reality, and and like being able to see a higher order vision for for whatever whatever that may be for yourself, uh, right, and understand that it's possible
1: oh yeah impossible yeah no
0: definitely i think the biggest
1: thing that holds people back is like they just don't take that leap they might have an idea and they'll get it all drawn up and say like oh my gosh this is gonna be great but then they just they'll run into maybe one speed bump and they'll be like "Ugh."
0: well even like going back to the to the you know you have a bad idea thing is you're gonna get told that oh yeah hundreds of times yeah you know and people may slam it in your face and you know we've contacted tons of vc firms and they're like we want nothing to do with this really? and then there's some who are like this is so great like we're totally and yeah. so find like you know it's kind of like in medicine they call it the practice of medicine because every doctor you know practices has different um, understandings different specialties of different diseases and one doctor may treat you completely different than another so like yeah you know, people would always be offended they're like oh do you would you get offended if uh, someone asked for a second opinion? It's like, no, like, absolutely, go ahead. Oh, Somebody sure. may know something or see something yeah. that I didn't. Um, it's not, not offensive to me at all. But the I, I feel like I'm a super, super social person, and um, it was kind of sad to me that, you know, the work that we do as physicians is kind of protected by the ethical foundation in which it was built upon. Yeah. Um, You can't talk about your patients. You can't, in public, you can't talk, you can't approach your patients. Right. And so, like, it, it, yeah, it's just not really, like, the, I think it's probably the most rewarding career, but equally as, you know, know, kill your heart, whether, like, something, you know, terrible happens and, you have to understand, maybe without even without your intervention, that they would have died anyway. And just kind of like seeing the whole scope of of life to death and yeah. like viewing it in a really short amount of time. Um, oh, I couldn't do it. There's is, no way. It's really kind nuts. of eye-opening about about like what actually being human is. And so, yeah. enjoy your time while you're here, people.
1: Oh yeah, exactly. No, I just uh, I had there's a, there's a property right now that I'm. I'm getting ready to put onto the market, and I've been kind of—it's a triplex, and I've been kind of dealing with uh, the tenants who are living within the triplex. And uh, I just found out this morning that uh, one of the tenants that were living in it died yesterday on it. So I'm not able to wow. put the property up for sale because one of the tenants—one of the tenants have died. But it was just like I was like, oh, I was like I only knew the guy for like a week and a half, but I was like, oh, it's like he was literally like the nicest dude ever. He was just like every time I met him, he's like, oh, Gage, great to hear from you. And almost of a it's like, oh my gosh. And he used to just talk forever, and I'd be like, "I wish this dude would shut up." And then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh, I kind of miss talking Ooh. to him." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now I feel like a jerk too. What but is it's just crazy things like that can part happen.
0: About being a real estate
1: agent, um, my favorite part is probably—I don't know—I like—I like dealing with people a lot, and I think just the just the general challenges of of kind of being in business for yourself and having to to keep yourself motivated and and determined and you're kind of your own boss so some days if same if i like him having a lazy yeah exactly if i'm having like a lazy day or whatever i will like chew out my own ass and be like i will literally look at myself in the mirror i'm like God, you are just being a huge bitch today i'm like i cannot believe you you are a loser and then i'll like go back i'm like All right, time to go
0: fuck shit up let's do this <laughs> and it, yeah i i think what's helped me is you know especially in my undergrad like find people and surround yourself with them yeah like have equal-minded goals as you, because oh yeah, there are going to be days where you want to come home and shuffle the papers up and say, you know, fuck it, yeah, I, I totally don't like this yeah. is terrible, I give up. But it's going to be the people around you that are like, no, no, like you know, pick them up, you know, we got to keep yeah. working. Oh yeah, and exactly. you know, equally, you'll be there for them when when it's their turn to do mm-hmm. that. And you can't be happy all the time. I do feel like as as the founder and CEO that I always have to be happy, but. I think I can hide it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, just in you know, standing by your calls and decisions, and yeah. um, my staff really are great. I I really appreciate the amount of work they've done and, and the quality. We're we're building this company together, and and it just started with with an Indeed. Ad, I put out a bunch of different advertisements on Indeed. Yeah. Um, I went to the engineering fair and set up a booth for MC Cubed, and I hired six employees right off the bat. I was going to say
1: it feels like it would be not easy, but it wouldn't be that difficult to find people who want to work with you. It is kind just because it's such a cool and kind of unique idea. It's all right, of your businesses. It's, that it's
0: hard to find people who have like a sense of like internal motivation. Like right, it. I I mean I've been through probably now. 10 students at UMD and I retained 7 okay so like 10 are gone so it's like 17 total oh and okay and like being yeah. able to kind of form and, and construct your team I mean you have one bad apple it's so true it can spoil the whole patch um, and I think going through the process of hiring and is a huge learning process you know it can't be a conversation like like so comfortable we have to like know if you can you know can you do these objective things that we need you to do and maintaining those boundaries about you know and putting them in situations that they're unfamiliar in i mean we're in a startup you're not going to be like you know doing one little thing every day like if you want that which there's great people that do that go to a big company that like that would just better suit your working skills and yeah um because a lot of times oftentimes i don't know the direction like i'm not a I'm not like a finance person i don't know if this is taxable or not or, you, or like i don't know how to use the big facebook marketing platform but like over time you know if you get those people in that can teach you and i would rely on them so heavily i'm like this is you know you're a senior in in marketing like yeah i at the end of it like i expect that you're kind of a professional you should, <laughs> you yeah, you should right? be. yeah and um and so, really relying on them in like observing kind of how they did things was yeah. like a huge. It's just a big learning curve. And do you see value in like
1: getting like a marketing degree from from a call because it seems like the things that they teach it just marketing it, it changes each day. Like what you should be doing for marketing and the different strategies, the different platforms that you should be on. It feels like it changes every day. So I mean, yeah,
0: it's really like we've talked about that a lot in our office, just about. You know how much would four years in industry teach you yeah, versus four years at university um and acquiring all the debt along with it, you know right especially yeah, at least in industry too, you can um, you can be making money right, and so I don't know that it's a great question, I think like a lot of the culture right now. Well, when we were younger, it was you had to go to college. It oh, yeah. wasn't an option. When we were in, like, high school, it's like you either oh, go or you're you going to suck. Yeah. And so it just was, um, I think, the you know the shift in the culture's view of, of, like, maybe that's not the right thing to do, you know. Yeah. I have, um, from four years of undergrad and two years of medical school, $143,000 in student debt. Oh, and man. And... Um, it, it's terrifying, and it's suffocating. I think my student loan payments are like $1,700 a month. Wow. And I think, you know, these positions come out of this extremely, like, rigorous and demanding uh, education program. And, you know, they're making $150,000, $200,000 a year after taxes, A hundred divided by twelve, maybe $8,000 a month divided yeah. by two is $4,000 and then you have a $3,500 student loan payment. And so you're living by means of... It, it's just... It's not a way to... Um, I don't know. You are too, a servant to the people.
1: Yeah. No, it feels like it doesn't make any... Like If you want to do business or marketing, it feels like it doesn't make any... It almost seems like it's the opposite of what you should do. Like, also oh, so you want to get into business. So you get a degree and then you go $50,000 in debt right. so that you can get into business could you imagine if you would have taken that 50 into and putting it put and it into an it. actual even if you put it into a business that failed in four years i feel
0: like you would oh, have learned a lot the, yeah, more you, than uh, i've learned so much by opening and starting my own business yeah um, or even just googling things that yeah especially with my stu- the students it's like <sighs> the biggest problem i had in the beginning was like they're like i don't know how to do this I'm like, okay, Yeah, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> the first question I ask back is, well, where did you look? You know, and they're like, well, oh, I haven't looked. At him. Okay, like, you need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, uh, yeah, that's be resourceful. I think I don't know if that's the bigger message of college that they're trying to teach you is to right. to understand how to like think about problems and then develop like ways to find them you can't have the solution right away you never can yeah but like um, backing everything up with with as much information and evidence as you can is and it takes time to do research so not everybody cares yeah
1: kind of it honestly doesn't take that long though I mean it doesn't. I could, I could learn how to do pretty close to anything and I bet a half hour I mean like open heart surgery probably not <laughs> but I mean I don't know what know, do you think, think, Casey? You, uh you think Google's a good tool to learn how to do things? I think you could learn open heart surgery in a half hour. And be successful with it? No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you wouldn't let me do surgery on your heart? <laughs> oh, okay. Right on. I hear you. But I bet, if, uh, I bet if I was walking down the street and a woman ran up to me and said, I'm having a baby right now and I need somebody to deliver it, I bet I could go onto YouTube and probably not do it that well. But... Yeah, you know, people have the. I would have a general time. idea. I mean, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, catch it. Yeah, she could probably do it on her own, maybe. But it would help, I think, having me there, especially if I youtube how to do it, how to deliver a baby.
0: <laughs> Put glove on. You know, yeah. Can.
1: All right. Well, so far it's pretty <laughs> easy. <Yeah, yeah. laughs> Anyone can do that. Exactly. Do you uh, do you have like an entrepreneur that you look up to that you're kind of like God, I want to I want to be like that guy? Um.
0: Gosh. Probably I I like Kevin O'Leary even though he's kind of like the shark that that nobody I think he's super upfront yeah he gets his message across I like that guy he's too I think he's very a badass. business oriented and he's a smart guy and he has like good information and if you read anything about him and just kind of under his story and how he got to where he is today by you know you don't take off Saturdays when you're trying to start your own business you oh don't. god I man. mean there's just so much but I don't know what really terrified me is. You know, and I got a degree in, in biochemistry and there was somebody, I was working at Red Lobster through my undergrad um, mm-hmm. as a server. Nice. And there was two servers there that also had biology degrees and they were like four years older than me and they were still working there and it was just so terrifying to me. That like. would be scary. And, you know, especially because getting into medical school is just so demanding and, yeah. and the standards are getting so high. Um, I was really really fortunately surprised when when I got my acceptance call but um I knew if I got an interview I could get in
1: yeah yeah you're pretty good at interviews oh yeah yeah no that would be tough it's tough to not uh to not like compare yourself to other people like you said working at Red Lobster and you see you see somebody who you're like oh yeah I can't wait to get to that point that they're at and you're like why are they working the same right. job that I am there's a uh, there's a realtor in my office who has uh, a biology degree and she crushes it in real estate she absolutely
0: crushes it Say, like, what can you do with a biology degree i know i asked her Not i'm the, like
1: do you ever <laughs> have a kind of wish that you didn't have that and she's like she's like no i don't think she's like i'm a, i'm really glad that i got it and i'm like do it, you think it helps you in your job and it she's really like, taught me no. to work hard i don't know and that's kind of what she said too so that i mean that makes sense because it was just like always working <laughs> Oh yeah, no school yeah, sucks. I went so to Lake Superior hard. college and dropped out after three semesters, so <laughs> couldn't do it. But yeah, but I had uh, I think I had twenty-one hundred dollars in student debt when I dropped out, and I paid for it with the first house that I sold. So I was like, oh. sweet, debt-free love it. It's funny it's funny to listen to like people like myself who dropped out of college and it's pretty easy for me to advocate like against college but then you hear people who have the degree and they're like, "You know, I can see where you're coming from, but I think there's a lot of value in getting a college degree." But it's like it's rare when you hear people like crossing. It's true. Crossing over and like advocating for what they didn't do because it makes them look dumb. And so
0: I'm, like, half of that. I'm, like, a med school dropout. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. Like, right. But
1: that's kind of, I think there's a little bit more, that carries a bit more weight saying that you dropped out of med school. That's, like, saying, like, like because what did Bill Gates dropped out of, like, Harvard, Harvard or something yeah. like that? they like, look at Bill Gates. He dropped out of college. It's, like, okay, let's listen to this. <laughs> Bill Gates dropped out of Harvard. Mark Zuckerberg like, Gates, you dropped out of, out of Lake Superior College after three semesters. Like, don't compare yourself to Bill Gates. <laughs> so, One can dream. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or Steve Jobs, he dropped out of yale or something like that yeah. i think it's oh, just those
0: guys yeah and i think just overall having like a a general curiosity about things you know yeah be interested in what people are doing why they're doing it why they're doing it in a certain way oh, try to exactly. understand different behaviors and yeah behavioral can, economics are super interesting super interesting and like it all revolves around you know what we think is a culture and and timing is a big thing part of that um we have a, a Vietnam vet who we work with and we together have developed this gun lock that is for semi-automatic weapons and essentially uh, standard cable gun locks go through the magazine um, and uh, you have to have the gun totally uh, like cocked back and it stays that way so it, like over years and years the springs start to, Stretch, to get and stretched yeah. and um, it can damage the gun and so. You also can't fire it. You can't, like, uh, s- there's something called a dry, a snap cap that allows you to, like, feel the trigger pressure. Okay. Um, so you can kind of practice and better understand your gun, which is very important. And he's developed one where you can do all of that uh, with a really simple kind of device. And so we take an equity stake in that company, and we we did the intellectual property aspect, and now our um, contacting all these different gun manufacturers to to license this newer, safer lock. So, that's sweet. Yeah, just a lot of that's I, really cool. It's a really, like I said, a ton of variety.
1: How many companies are you guys working with? Eight. Eight right now.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Wow, that would be fun.
0: Yeah, it's really and it's so fun because we all kind of have our individual projects and yeah. I, I oversee all the projects, but I assign project leads. So I'm like, hey, this is your project. You know, Don't, yeah. don't let it fall. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. Um, and, you know, especially if I'm there, I can, like, very well judge how well somebody's going to do in it. And um, typically we, our staff will start, like, on a two different projects is, like, uh, three chairs down. And then as they gain more experience, they'll move to second chair, and then they'll actually get able to. So they, they have a good understanding of, like kind of the process that we have and yeah um the amount the resources i don't know i feel like i have every resource we all have every resource at our hands it's just you know the only person really truly holding yourself back it is yourself
1: yeah no and it's it i mean it sounds kind of corny to say those kinds of things i don't like i almost don't even like saying it just because the but it, it's it's so true. That's so true. Everyone is just like, they're like, I would do this. But my but the excuse that I hate more than anything is when somebody says they don't have enough time to do something. You do. Yeah. It's like, it's, come on. Like, you see some of these things that, like, these billionaires or, like, these people that are worth all this money, the, the amount of stuff that they're doing, and they have the exact same 24 hours that you do. And, like, you work 95, but you're going to tell me that you don't have time to go to the gym or to eat healthier, to cook food or to start that right. business that you want to do. Like. Don't do that. Yeah, just habits. Don't do that to yourself. Yeah, habits.
0: Casey, what do we have for time? 55. 55 minutes? Okay, let me see if there's anything else I want to talk about. Yeah, you know, just kind of going back to the platonic thing, like loneliness is an equal opportunity offender. It doesn't matter if you're rich, poor. uh, You see it, you know, men, women, everyone's kind of so equal in this uh, kind of one Hmm. thing, and You think about your health; it's it's a huge part of your actual health. Is like interactions with other people, whether that be emotional health, spiritual health, or or mental health, and right, and physical health is you know kind of starts to get a smaller portion of the overall pie. And so, taking a big focus on that is kind of like the the new mission of our our companies and kind of changing the way that culture sees different different aspects. And really, that's where innovation is born um and to do that you really have to open up yourself and be extremely vulnerable mm-hmm. you know when i'm pitching the, all of these different ideas like we talked about you know people are going to like shut you down oh faster yeah than yeah a it doesn't take switch. much
1: they would be one like move of
0: their head or something you'll be oh, like, oh crap sure. and like, i'm an reading idiot in their body language yeah. and like looking at how they react to what you're talking about and um and putting yourself out there, it it's like, you know, there's a YouTube video of the lone dancer, and he's the first one dancing, and by the end of the video, he gets a whole crowd to move with him, and they talk yeah. about how important, like, the first follower is, and he signals to other people in the community, like, oh, okay, it's okay to follow, and then yeah. you get a lone nut becomes two two lone nuts in the middle. But I always feel like I'm out on the 50-yard line dancing my ass off, yeah and I can see who's at the 40 yard line dancing with me who's right. at the 20 yard line dancing with me and who's on the sideline watching yeah and so like being able to identify those people and retain them um, we're, we set up something called a convertible note phantom stock for a company and so when it hits a certain target evaluation yeah all of that stock gets converted into real cash Oh, wow. And so, like, it's a big incentive for, for us to work hard. And yeah. it's great for me because, you know, they have, like, hope <laughs> that I can't provide right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's been a really great kind of structure for how, how things, how we do things. Right. So what,
1: what's kind of your biggest, do you have, like, big, your biggest fears with biggest starting this company? Fears. Like, are you afraid that everything is just going to come crashing down? Does that ever like
0: hit you or give you anxiety? I think that's why it's so important to have multiple things going on. Because your heart can be broken so fast. I mean being in a like an entrepreneur is such an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. I mean, you may wake up and be like, w- we're ruined. You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're ruined. And then by the end of the day, you know, you could be on a high, like, we just got this huge deal. You know, it's just yeah. like, it's just night oh, yeah. and day. And, no, that and happens. Less than 12 hours. Yeah. Um, oh, it's not even,
1: it's literally like I'm a text message away at any time from this being like a shitty day to this yeah. being like, oh, nice. Like, life is awesome.
0: And so, you know, Back to the vulnerability thing. I truly think being vulnerable is the birthplace of creativity and innovation because it allows people to give input. And really, like, that's what you're looking for when you're talking to people about about ideas you have. Like, I want to know why you don't like it. I I don't care if you like it or not. I mean, some people aren't going to like it. Um, But, like, why? Like, finding out that why versus, you know, taking that as, as, like, a very personal, like, reflection of yourself.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's important is being able to take the information and the negative things people have to say and try to find a way to turn it into a positive, I guess, or to leverage it into something constructive.
0: Well, and it may like totally spark like another idea or strategy based off of what they're telling you. And, you know, I would say that kind of building apps or websites or whatever, it's kind of like constructing a coral reef. Um, it happens slowly over time and eventually you'll get a school of fish to come by and, and see it's for it. <laughs> nice. Um, Did you come up with that? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> but it, it does. You I should mean, make
1: an animation or something like that. That shows that. Like a little story. In it. We'll cut think, to a coral reef. I think, yeah, I, think people, <laughs> I think people would like that. Um,
0: but yeah. And so like, it, it's not going to happen overnight. But it's just persistence and just yeah,
1: persistence is big always, too.
0: Always, you know, every day I try to do something to advance it, even if, even if it's a weekend. You know, maybe I'll, I'll post a, a throwback to you know something our company did a couple weeks ago to get on on social media, or yeah, um, we try to do you know ten different contents a day, whether that just be a tweet, you know, actually a Facebook post, maybe just a live posting, a snap. Maybe we're sharing something on LinkedIn. Yeah. But like every day we, we try to get something out.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that's important. Casey, if you were to pitch something like a business idea to Nate right now, what would it be? How am I gonna? Oh, it? come on. I knew you were going to get all mad. <laughs> I just thought, you know, think of a quick business idea. What do you think is a good idea? Pretend you're in the office of MC Cubed
0: right now. And- so, the first day that I had my stuff, I <laughs> gave them all of these crazy, weird objects. And I'm like, all right, you have five minutes, and you're going to sell this oh, to us. That sounds like a blast. And, you know, people, I gave someone a spring, and they're like, it's extendable, and you can wear it as like hairpiece. I mean, just the creativity yeah. that really kind of elicits. And I think right now I get those. Freaking ads for this jaw worker out Like it's literally oh, yeah. a ball, and they're marketing it that, yeah. as like increasing cheek tone. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah and like get rid of that man. double chin, and like yeah. all of those people are like, "Oh my god, I need one!" And <laughs> yeah, it, it's just so funny. Like just the one I'm there. getting
1: right now is the the toothpaste that you. They're like little. They're little tablets, and they come in a glass bottle to try to reduce the amount of uh, toothpaste tubes in the ocean or whatever so it, what comes in a, it comes in a glass bottle and it's like a little tablet you put it in your mouth and it's it seems like a dry little tablet but once you start chewing it it turns into foam so you can brush your teeth with the foam yeah, really cool. that it creates so yeah that's kind of that and then that that truffle hot sauce too I've seen that a lot I just saw those. you can buy reusable grocery bags not like for produce they're basically like a little mesh bag yeah. Like they didn't invent the mesh bag. Like you are <laughs> selling to, them. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, exactly. go to the grocery store and you bring your own little baggies for vegetables. I don't vegetables. like that. I don't want to do that. But then you don't waste plastic baggies. I know, I got. I went to the grocery store today though and I got a paper bag. I always get a paper bag. Oh, you're insane. <laughs> 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 oh no, Casey's, <laughs> Casey's a little snarky today. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding uh i'm doing a dry 30 right now so i feel like i'm maybe a little bit snarky maybe it's me it's good i was just i was telling casey earlier i had a non-alcoholic beer yesterday uh it was pretty good actually um i don't know i just kind of missed the taste of beer so i was like yeah i'm gonna have a non-alcoholic beer and it was good but i'm actually loving drinking
0: decaffeinated coffee Yeah, no, it's weird,
1: but I'm actually loving, like, being sober. I feel so good every day, and I'm, like, every morning at, like, 5.30, I bounce up, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm ready to have, I'm ready to just do it big time. Yeah, I'm ready to tear someone's head off. I just have so much energy all the time. That's awesome. Have you been going out? No, I have not. I bet I could do it right now because I'm doing a challenge. But did you uh, did you see anything about the the challenge that we're, we so we did it on the podcast? It was me and two other guys. So we're doing thirty days of we can't drink any alcohol, and uh, we're each choosing a local charity. And no matter what we're doing, a hundred dollars to the local charity. But then if one of us drinks during the thirty days, we need to donate a hundred to everyone else's charity oh, cool. as well. So that's kind of a way to I guess motivate us to to not drink. But then on top of that, we're each doing a thirty day business challenge. So we each have these 30 days to come up with a business and then whoever's business at the end of the 30 days uh, is most profitable then they are like the real winner of oh, the challenge so that one is that one is really interesting because it's tough to come up with like a creative and actually interesting business idea that can become profitable in it 30 is days. Actually, <laughs> yeah. yeah so i'm doing something called perry's online <laughs> garage sale i know a lot of vacant houses in town with a lot of shit in it and the sellers are like yeah take what you want so i'll like i'm gonna come really? in and grab things that i think are worth like 20 bucks or more and then sell them online yeah, because they probably just like, need to get out of the house. Yeah, they're like, it's going to the dump anyway, so either you take it or whatever. You're so like, I'm gonna, my goal is to make $1,000 in this 30 days. I think if I can do that, that'll put me in a good spot to, to be in the lead. And then another guy is doing a raking business. So he's just going around and literally <laughs> just raking people's yards, which is awesome. And then uh, Luke is doing uh, ticket, ticket sales. So he's buying tickets and then flipping them oh. in an effort to, to make a profit on that. So... That'll be interesting. Raking sounds horrible. Raking sounds like the easiest business idea. Yeah, you like, literally just walk it. It's not very away. creative. It's not creative <laughs> at all. But yeah, I, mean, I think he's, I forget what he's charging and maybe he doesn't want me to say on the podcast. But It's for charity. <laughs> yeah, it's for charity. Yeah. Yeah. What is this 28-year-old doing, going door to door asking if he can rake my yard? It sounds sketchy. It does sound sketchy. Yeah, I'll stay away from my house. But I don't know. I think that's I, I usually have a, a segment called Weird News segment, and I Google some news that I think is abnormal. But I didn't do that beforehand because I don't know. I had see. I tried to use the excuse that I didn't have time. The answer is I was just being lazy and I didn't look up the weird news. So I don't we have anything. Do you know any? Yeah. Do you have news. any weird news that's gone on recently? What about you, Casey? Another question that I can't answer. I
0: don't know. Um. Every time I go to Chicago, or I, every time I drive there, I stop in Milwaukee at the Krispy Kreme donuts. It's okay. the closest one to Duluth. Yeah. And I, th- what an incredible idea to like go there and buy like just so thousands I, of donuts.
1: That's okay. So that's what that person. Was, I didn't. I kind of glanced at the story. Tell yeah. me
0: again what was what they were doing. So he would drive to Michigan, buy like. I don't know how many, 100 boxes of Krispy Kremes, yeah. and then drive them back up to, I think, Wisconsin <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and sell them to people. <sighs> and he got, like, a ton of people that were, were buying them. And um, I th- We had a Krispy Kreme in Coon Rapids, but I think it, it, they're out, they've been out of Minnesota for about 12 years now. Yeah. Um, and they, t- they actually called him and told him to stop and they're like, don't do that.
1: Krispy Kreme did? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're based, cool. I think, in North
0: Carolina. Yeah. Um, And so he got all of this press, and they actually ended up, they're they're hiring him as an independent contractor to, like, <laughs> oh, deliver <Chris>. donuts. <laughs> they gave uh, him, like, 50,000 free donuts and, like, hiring him as a contractor. I think they felt bad because, I mean, he was getting a ton of press, and they were, like, the bad kids, which I can understand, like,
1: they're oh, probably yeah. not the
0: same quality at that point. They probably have brand yeah. standards. You know, safety-wise, like who knows yeah. if they eat a Krispy Kreme donut and something happened to it along the way. Like, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's got their name on it. <laughs>
1: that, that's that was, funny though. It's crazy that they're so. Are they like they're just outlawed in Minnesota?
0: I right it, or it, I don't. Part of me thinks it was this, the rumor I heard when it closed was that like it was so bad for you. That, that's like, what i heard too uh, oh you old, heard that how old are you 25 25 yeah and i'm i turned 25 in january
1: so we were like but so we were like like 11 or 12 years old yep. so my interpretation of it at that age was uh yeah so i guess crispy between donuts are so bad for you because we bought them we were
0: here like yeah I, bought
1: them. I loved them i could eat like 12 of them at a time oh, which is probably weird. why, why can them make it oh them? the glazing oh machine. i know yes. i can't even think about it i get lightheaded i love those things <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. We got to yeah. do a high five because it's the high five with Gage Hartman. Um, yeah.
0: RBRapparel.com. Reserve yours today. Boom. Yeah. Plug anything you want on here. And that's it. Yeah, okay. That's the project I'm working on the most right now.
1: And uh, you need video work done. Casey Flipson, he's your dude. You can find him on Facebook. Otherwise, uh, that's all I got for you guys. Like the video, subscribe to the video, like, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify. Thank you guys for watching, listening. Have a great rest of your week.
0: That's a wrap. That's a wrap.